and hello everybody welcome to a brand new episode of history creeps this is a special edition and by special i mean this is a if i can remember the words to this this is a patreon pick plus <laughs> something like that uh, this is an episode in which if you have joined the history creeps patreon you could have voted on it this is what the first pick was uh, we'll get to the discussion here in a minute, but joining me on this episode, as always, is my compadre, my pal, my buddy, uh, Chris Tuffins. What's up, dude? What's up, everybody? We're back. It, it, you were close. You were close. It's supposed to be Creeper Club Patreon pick poll. Poll pick. Yeah. That's what it is. Poll pick. Yeah, that's Patri- easy yeah. to say. Creeper Club Patreon poll pick. That's easy to first, say. <laughs> first ever. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and you and usually at this time, Chris, we yes. are usually joined, yeah, by the usual, uh, or un- Carter Johnson, or unusual, but, or unusual, yeah, Carter Johnson. But uh, he is unfortunately under the weather pretty badly, so we wish him uh, the speediest of recoveries and that he gets well very much soon. I mean, if you're a believer and you're a follower of the show, uh, you know that it's not just he's not just under the weather. It's not that. Oh. It's a it's a curse. They know about the curse. They know uh, about the curse. We respect and the curse. Carter. We're not making fun of the curse. We are not no. going to confront the curse this this evening. I'm not even going to curse. That's how <laughs> much I respect this curse. But we do have a really great substitute, Chris. Yes, uh, we do. One of our uh, one of our, both of our really good friends. Uh, this guy has also joined us on the other show, the sister show to this one, Abnormal Times, yes. which is on iTunes and Twitter as well. Uh, Twitter. It's on iTunes and Stitcher as well. <laughs> Go check it out. And that, of course, is Brandon Fuller. What's up, Brandon? I want to suck. Uh, yeah, just stop there. Hey. How's everyone doing? I want- yes. Well, yes. Welcome to the History Creeps Club, dude. Thank you. Uh, we we have you on abnormal time. We do a show abnormal times in which mm. we talk about current news in which there's weird, funny, abnormal things going on in the world. Uh, or so, in your eyeball. Yeah. So you're used to talking about oh, some yeah. things that hit the creepy, <laughs> yeah, creepy yeah. Tones, them. The, the weird tones. I know you're you're a fan of of history, mm-hmm. science, these kinds of things. So uh, especially on the weirder side. Yeah. 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 So we thought. <laughs> I thought you know what? If Carter can't make it, it would be weird to call it a round table if it was just me and Johnny. Yeah, you know just, what I mean? yeah, it could be any any type of shaped table if it's just two of us, right? And we did say that for our Patreon uh, members that that were board members, not only do they get a say in the votes uh, on these polls, but in the future at some point we may invite them to be on the show. And we could have done that. However, it was super last minute. It was like literally today that yeah. we re- we realized Carter was not going to make it, and I yeah. texted Johnny and said, "Hey, what do you think about Brandon uh, abnormal?" And I times? said, and I said, and I quote. That guy, he's weird. We shouldn't let him on there. And you said, but we need a third person. And I said, no, under no circumstance will we let Brendan Fuller on History Creeps. I refuse. I refuse. And you said, well, come on. I said, all right. That's how that. Ex- that's how that went. Exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> every single thing you said there was everything you said was made up and true. So it's perfect. Yeah, it's made up and true. <laughs> so. Uh- which is a good way to describe most of the things that the men we're about to talk about said. Oh, geez. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's get to this. So the idea was is that we put up a poll for Patreon members who are board members to vote on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we gave them a choice on what to vote. Uh, and the one that won mm-hmm. was tonight's topic. Tonight we were going to be talking about the horror house of H.H. Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's right. He is, he is widely considered, though... Obviously, there have been plenty before him as America's first serial killer. Yeah, we compared him to Jack the Ripper when we talked about Jack the Ripper. Um, yeah. And I believe, Johnny, when we talked about the axe murderers episode where there was all those crazy rash of axe murderers around this time, we talked about the fact that maybe H.H. H. Holmes could have had something to do with this. Uh, do you remember somebody saying something about that, like that? He had been around because he, as we know, when I did, we did research on this topic. Uh, Holmes traveled around the country like crazy. Mm-hmm. The guy yeah, he went, went all over the place, all over the place. So it wouldn't be out of the question that he had his uh, his hand in some of these more famous axe murderers in American history. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, yeah, but people also love to, and this is a weird way to put it, talking about somebody who murdered people, but they love to sort of fantasize and. And uh, romanticize and fan, yeah, and, and fanfic 
things. Oh yeah, and try to force these historical figures into other places, like other narratives. Yeah, like like, like one of the big bottom. ones right now. Yeah, yeah, like Bikini <laughs> Bottom. Like one of the big things now is trying to say that H.H. Uh, H. Holmes was also Jack the Ripper, but that's it's that's impossible. Yeah, that that's was impossible because while he was doing a lot of killing, uh, uh, the Ripper was as well. Except the Ripper was getting a lot of attention. Holmes wasn't yet. Yet. Yeah, we're skipping way ahead, but yeah. also mm. they actually exhumed where the body of Holmes and found out that he was still there and he was that was him and he was obviously dead. Oh, awesome! So, <laughs> I was so that was say, where he's yeah. burning everything. So that's the end of the episode, guys. Glad you, uh, <laughs> yep. See you, you guys. made it. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> now, before we move on, um, I just want to make sure. Uh, usually, for history creeps episodes, we sometimes start if ha- we have it with a current creep something going on in the news that may be creepy strange or supernatural johnny do you have anything no all i was thinking about was hh holmes so i've been in a very dark place <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not kidding dude i was feeling like i had to go out in the sunlight after watching some of that today uh yeah i don't either you don't have anything that you've seen in the recent news to have you brandon in the recent news um yeah. Beyond what I, and we're not talking I, about like anything going on in Washington D.C. because yeah, yeah. that's just creepy <laughs> as it is. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say the only thing I've really heard that was creepy we uh, we talked about on uh, abnormal times. Oh, okay, that, uh, that teleporting man. Ah, uh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, so uh, that would be want, a good one, honestly. So they'll actually have to go listen to abnormal times to hear that. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, check good it tease. Out. <laughs> go check good it tease. out, guys. All right, so yeah. uh, let's get to this, uh, Johnny. I believe we said you're gonna moderate this one. Yeah, I got a timeline in front of me because that's how prepared I am for once. I actually printed it out, and there's highlighted areas on it, <laughs> not to brag. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start out with the, from the very beginning, 1861, Herman Webster Mudgett. That was his real name. I didn't know that until really getting into it today. i got to be honest with you. I always thought the H.H. Holmes was his real name, Yeah. so that's no. pretty funny. And technically, he had many names, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, Herman Webster Mudgett, what a great last name, Mudgett. What I mean, did you know that? Uh, I don't know if you saw this in your research, but did you know the Mudgett family was actually very prominent? There was a they, they, it's a big deal about the Mudgett family in America wow. overall. A hundred years earlier, they were actually the first white settlers in the area that they settled in in oh, New Hampshire. Okay. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Hmm. What's even crazier is if you just look at how they spell Mudgett, it just is like Mudget, <laughs> Mudget. <laughs> but what a great name, huh? No wonder he changed it. Uh, Herman Webster Mudgett was born in 1861 in New Hampshire, or Hampshire, whichever way you want to pronounce that. I don't want to alienate our Hampshire listeners. Uh, and then we'll, we're only going to touch on this real quick. He was often bullied as a child, they would say. Uh, he was considered one of the more bright students. Uh, one time, which apparently was a big deal in his life, a lot of people like to point this out in his biographies, uh, some kids forced him to like uh, look at a skeleton or make the skeleton touch him or something like that. And instead of being horrified, he was kind of intrigued by it. <laughs> That's crazy. It's like yeah. a weird, like traumatizing, like snap moment in his life, maybe. I would say, yeah. That's. They also said that uh, his parents were pretty strict. One of the things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, he often would try to get away and like uh, would go into the woods, and that's when he would dissect animals and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is which is one of the you know calling cards of who's going to become a serial killer is that type of stuff. Usually, yeah. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, that's why I told Brandon to quit doing it, but he just keeps doing it. <laughs> That's like the first red flag for psychopaths is they have no, you know, connection between life and death like that. So they just sort of mess around with animals. And I I know you were just joking, but that's like the furthest from my personality. Yeah. (laughs) Are you all? Yeah. Yeah. Just so everybody knows, I was joking. That was a complete joke, so everybody knows. (laughs) Yeah, we don't do a podcast with a complete psychopath. (laughs) Just a partial one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not crazy, and neither am I. Yeah, I forgot that uh, we're actually being recorded, so I just assume we're just joking around. Uh, here's one thing that I, I read this in a few places. He actually graduated when he was 16 from high school. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was a yeah. brilliant kid is what they said. He was a smart guy. Yeah. One of these uh, these people that I, I was uh, – uh, one of the documentaries I was watching had um, – it was like one of these people that were very uh, – what do you call it when they're experts in serial killers? Uh, British. <laughs> 
I can't remember what the name of it was, but the, the idea was that he was uh, just saying pathologist that or something like that. Psychiatric psychiatric pathologist. I don't know. Yeah. So, but he was saying like serial killers normally no, Fox Mulder don't. Fi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They don't normally finish schooling. Like mm-hmm. he was super rare in that he finished school all the way to college. Like he graduated from college. This guy did. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. He was ridiculously brilliant, which is which makes you wonder if he didn't go the wrong way. What could he have done the other way? You know, there's there's plenty. Of, there's been plenty of times when a serial killer is actually really bright, and uh, you know, like Bundy was. They said was really smart, and yeah. like when he when he actually defended himself in court. I'm sure we'll cover him at some point on this show. Oh yeah. Uh, the the judge famously said that um, he could if he would have went a different route, he would have been a brilliant lawyer. Wow. So, uh, getting back to Holmes, though, uh, apparently, like I said, he graduated when he was 16, according to most of the things that I saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was 19, that's when he attended the University of Vermont. And he actually left from there one year after one year. Yep. But it was during this time in 1878 that he married his first wife. It's important to note that. Uh, Clara Lovering, uh, Lovering. And then that after that, after they got married, that's when he would go to actually attend the College of Michigan, University of Michigan Department of Medicine and Surgery in 1882. And here is where... <laughs> It begins. It, yeah, this is where it really starts <laughs> starts to to go quickly now, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just so everybody knows, a lot of this stuff is hard to verify when we start talking about things that he did mm-hmm. because he would lie. Yeah. And oh yeah. All the time, all the time, he would exaggerate and lie constantly. Uh, and on top of that, when other people, when they would write about him, would do the same thing. Uh, I read somewhere that uh, he's become like one of America's newest uh, tall tales. Oh, yeah, everybody exaggerates. They add a little bit more yeah. to the story. Yeah. And I think we will tonight, too. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll just make stuff up as we go along and add to it. Yeah. Listen. I just want to put that little asterisk there. Yeah. Uh, like, a lot of this stuff is just, even if you're basing it on things that he said, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's 100% true. True. Exactly. A lot of hearsay okay. and, and conjecture yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And dare say. <laughs> yeah, hearsay, dare say. Uh, Everywhere say. Con- contour say. <laughs> I believe that's Spanish for something. Thir- I think it's a number. For thirsty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so during his second year of college, that's when he would start to steal cadavers and disfigure bodies in order to claim insurance money on their desk, claiming they were killed in an accident. Before now, you- this is something that he would constantly do during his life. He would... Uh, do insurance scams and all that kind of stuff all the time. Right. Before you get into that, I wanted to, to t- kind of touch on that for a second. One of the things I saw was how at the University of Michigan, uh, at the med school, he came in contact basically. He was kind of like a janitor kind of a guy. Uh, um, and this guy uh, was into s- grave robbing and selling the cadavers to the medical school. Mm-hmm. So and, and that's the thing. Like our, our medical – like what we know about medicine now – has a dark history in terms oh, of like uh, there was a lot of grave robbing going on just to get these <laughs> bodies uh, because it's I get, apparently it took forever to try to get bodies at these schools for you know for science and for these students to learn on uh, and what, when a school could usually get twenty the the legal way they could get a hundred the illegal way uh, <laughs> so they would go the illegal route and yeah. pay these people to go and rob graves. Uh, it gets even darker when they start to pay people and not question why the bodies were so fresh. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, so that was that was one of the things that I saw that was his first kind of like foray into this. Oh, I could make money on bodies. Yeah. So like <laughs> bodies aren't humans anymore. They're not people. There's no soul. There's no emotion behind it. All I see is dollar signs now. You know what I yeah. mean? It's creepy. And, yeah. and that's and that's very vital for Holmes. Money oh, was way yeah. more a factor for him in motivation than anything else. I, uh, uh, he, uh, I mean, a lot of t- most of the things he did was for money. And like like Chris was saying, uh, back then especially, uh, selling bodies was a quick way to make a buck. Like selling uh, your semen is now. It's <laughs> 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 not that I would know or anything. It's not as precarious though. That's true. A little, little less risky. I guess it depends. Yeah. <laughs> depends on where you're donating now. it. <laughs> I got carpal tunnel now, so I don't know about that. A lot of dangers. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know if you guys saw this part. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead or anything, but did did you hear about how he, he first got in trouble at the university? Uh, the no, the what story was it? that involved? 
he was um somebody noticed a foul smell coming from his room and discovered a uh, this is like the one of the gruesome things so i remembered it from the story but they <laughs> said they discovered a dead baby under his bed oh my god it was yeah. it was for autopsy reasons but he had stored it away in his room to personally like mess with it and he got in trouble for that oh my like, god yeah he claimed he he claimed it was for uh, medicine purposes but that can't be verified one way or the other that is insane who knows where he got that baby from though oh, that's god. terrifying to think about and as we'll yeah, and as we get to talk about him more, he was not above uh, killing children. So, oh no. Uh, so, uh, in 1884, that's where he actually obtained his doctorate and graduated from the University of Michigan. Mm-hmm. And this is where he, now we're going to uh, arrive to Chicago. This is probably where he becomes the most famous. Uh, on August 1886, uh, Mudgett moved to Chicago, and that's when he changed his name to what everybody knows as H. H. Holmes. Uh, in, a- in 1886, we're going to get into his first murder victim. That was his friend, Robert Leacock. And, of course, he murdered Robert for his for the, his insurance money of $40,000. Yeah, his friend, apparently, Leacock, was, he made friends with him at the, at the med school mm-hmm. and uh, got him into the grave robbing business. They, they would both do the whole grave robbing, uh, b- pull bodies out, sell them to yeah. the medical you know facilities, and... They would do what Johnny was talking about. A lot of times they would meet people and say, we're going to set up insurance scams. You know, what we'll do is we'll pretend uh, this, you take out this much money, uh, life insurance. We've got a body that we can we can replace it with you. You go into hiding for a minute, collect the money, we'll all split it. Mm-hmm. And they did that a lot. But then, uh, yeah. but then at some point he told his friend Leacock, "Hey, we're gonna do this," and he 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 fooled his friend and ended up killing him to collect the money. <laughs> yeah, and which is something he would do more than once. Oh yeah, and forty thousand dollars back in that day is a ton of money. Oh yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, it's probably about forty one thousand dollars in today's money. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> check my math. <laughs> I think you're like a cent or two off. Yeah, probably. That's yeah. like six million. Uh, Taco Bell fries. Yeah. <laughs> That's how Brendan and I measure all things now, currency-wise, is how many Taco Bell fries we can get for that. <laughs> uh, now, it's also important to note here that he was a bit of a ladies' man. Uh, if you see pictures of him, he was not a bad-looking fella. He had, a, he had of course, a great mustache. Uh, it's, a gl- and it's glorious. <laughs> it's pretty glorious, to be honest. But... He was very much a ladies' man. He uh, ladies would flock to him, and he was not above uh, cheating. I guess would be the best way to just come out and say cheating, mm. despite the fact that he was married, and not mention that he was married. Yeah, and that's important to say that because he gets married again. Oh yeah. Uh, in eighteen eighty seven, while he's still married to Clara, by the way, uh, he marries Marta Belknap. Hopefully, I'm saying that correctly. <laughs> uh, a few weeks later, or, uh, Holmes tried to file for divorce. But it was never actually finalized. Now, it's also important to note that he does have, I think it's just one child, right, with that other woman? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, here it is, yeah. In 1888, Holmes and Clara had a son named Robert. Uh, <laughs> this is another great name. Robert Lovering Mudget. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. And then he actually, uh, in 1889, he has a daughter with Murda, and they named her Lucy Theodit Holmes. Uh, Theo for short. Is, yeah, yeah. Theo! <laughs> yeah, these these are great names. Lucy Theo Holmes. Uh, from 1880 to 1890, Holmes recruited three people to help him with his work. And these people were... Man, I want to try to pronounce these names right. Charles Chapel. That one was pretty easy. Yep. Patrick Quinlan. Yep. And Benjamin Pitzel. Yep, yep, yep. This is where we're going to get into the World's Fair. Now, uh, it's probably during this time that he starts building what we're known now as the Murder Castle. This yeah. is the very famous place in Chicago. It's not there anymore. I think if I saw correctly, if you go to that same spot now, it's a it's like a USPS place, United Postal Service. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. It burned down, yeah. right? Didn't you say that, Brandon? I think I heard down. it burned down, yeah. Yeah. Because when he moved, oh. I, I saw when he moved to Chicago, originally he got a job at a, a pharmacy. Right. Right. Yes. And he ended up scamming those people like he ended up getting getting the job in there. Uh, somehow got real good friends with the pharmacist and his wife. Uh, the pharmacist died mysteriously. Uh, the wife was around to still kind of run the business. And somehow she ended up 
writing out or signing over stuff to him if anything happened to her, and then she died or she disappeared. He he, he has a he has a long record if you keep up with with his stuff of somehow convincing people to do some crazy wild things that you wouldn't think it'd be that easy to convince people to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is one of them. It's also important to note that I've, I read conflicting things about the people who own the building before him. Uh-huh. A lot of people like to say that they disappeared or they were murdered, but yeah. that can't be verified whatsoever. Yeah. And in <laughs> fact, one of the things that I saw went as far as to say that the two people who owned it before just uh, kind of, we're still alive oh. uh, when he was caught and everything. So, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, because yeah. from from the from the place where he was working and living in the pharmacy, I guess it was across the street where the lease had come up on the house. He's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to build a house there, and he right. and he ended up like hiring all kinds of different like crews to do it. They'd come in in shifts, and then they'd build part of it, and he'd fire them right away and get somebody else yeah. to finish. And never it. pay them. Exactly. And never pay them. He either. would he would get them to do the specific amount. Say, oh, this is shady work. You're fired. Doesn't pay them because it's shady work. Hire somebody new. So it was two things. He was saving money, but every person that worked on the house, you could never get somebody to come out and say, I could tell you exactly where the rooms are mm-hmm. or where any. He, they couldn't tell you. They had no clue what the inside of that place looked like. Cover his tracks, yeah. So here yeah. we go. Have you actually have you actually seen the floor plans of this place? It's yes. pretty yeah. pretty incredible. It's insane because he did it himself. Apparently, <laughs> he, he literally drew up the plans himself. Which takes a lot of smarts, too, to make it all actually stand. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. work. Yeah. Uh, but it, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, how Batman would build the Batcave. Like, you can't let anybody know the entire picture, and that's exactly what he did. And and on top of that, he was the only one that knew all the secrets. Yep. Like, he had people build things, but he didn't tell them what it was for or yep. anything, and it was all set up as secrets and all these switches. And yeah. It was yeah. real Scooby-Doo setup. There was a cool thing. I saw. They were saying how, like, as it was being built up, the facade, the way this thing looked, it was so, like, modern, but yet it, it harkened back to almost like a medieval time. It looked like a castle going up, and that's mm-hmm. why the people nicknamed it the castle. Yeah. It was literally H.H. Holmes's castle. I think it's also important to note real quick that uh, both H.H. Holmes and Bruce Wayne were never seen in the same place at the same time. <laughs> so... Take take what you will from that. Yeah, take what you will from that. <laughs> and this thing uh, was three stories, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the bottom floor was the actual pharmacy. The, yeah, it was like a pharmacy, a barbershop, yeah. it was a restaurant, uh, something else down there. And the, the yeah. bottom floor was just open to the public all the time. Yeah. Correct, yes. Uh, and then above that was where uh, the wild stuff would happen, yeah, like, I guess. I think the, the second floor was kind of like a hotel. There was a lot of rooms that were like hotels. He turned it into one of those when yeah. the World's Fair started to make some more money. And then was this, his, yeah, the yeah. second, the third floor was like the horror, the horror floor, the horror, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So during the, during the World's Fair in Chicago, uh, he obviously opened that up as a hotel. And he said people, when they would show up, one of the things that I saw, and I don't think this could be verified really, was that... Uh, it, he had that whole place set up that if somebody that was staying there on that second floor, if they were trying to leave, uh, he would be notified that they were leaving through some kind of beeping noise or something like that. Whoa. Yeah, he had an alarm. He, yeah. he could tell not only when the people were leaving, but when they were escaping. Oh, wow. Yeah, like if, whether or not they were supposed to be leaving. Like it was creepy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This man, this man's a complete creep. <laughs> That's crazy. The best way to put it. And, yeah. and you're talking about, you know, something that happened a hundred years ago. This guy was like a super evil genius back Seriously. then. Seriously. You imagine if he had the technology we have today? Oh man. No. I could I could only imagine. Who knows? There might be of, an H. H. Holmes that's happening right now. We won't find out about it until he's caught. Yeah. <laughs> well, one of the things he would do is he would put ads in the paper. Uh for uh like he would say He's looking to. He would want to hire women, or marry them, and he would put this in the paper, and he would get responses from women who would come to see him and stay with him, and of course they would meet a terrible end. Yep. But I mean that he did that in a, just a newspaper. Imagine what he could do in today with like social media, Facebook, today, Twitter. Yeah, it's it really is amazing to think about this guy who's just so ahead of his time that he was able to manipulate people. Who are clearly nowhere near his intellect, nowhere near his wave of thinking. You know what I mean? He he could get people to do things that they didn't want to do, and he could get away 
with so many murders that people still don't know how many people he murdered. Like, this guy was too smart for his time. Yeah, so it's during this time that people would would show up at his uh, castle and they would just not be seen again. Yeah. I mean, it was quite a number. Now, here's... Here's where it gets kind of tricky when people want to know the exact number of how many he's responsible for. Uh, he confessed to over uh, to like twenty seven, I believe, is what he confessed to. And we're kind of skipping ahead a little bit, yeah. but uh, it's only it can only be verified completely that it was at least nine. And some say it's as high as two hundred. So nobody really truly knows. Yeah, because you're talking about how many people went missing during the World's Fair. Uh, oh yeah, you know bodies mm-hmm. that things that they had found here or there that or like that. That's why they say it could be upwards of two hundred because unfortunately so many things happened during that time in yeah. that vicinity. Uh, you know, so many women answered certain certain ads that ended up heading out there that no one said they saw them. But you know what I mean? It's 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 always crazy, and it, because. The way he had this thing set, are we going to get into how this is all set up yet, or are we there yet, or I don't want to jump too far ahead. Uh, yeah, just real quick before we get into that, I was just going to say that uh, he also got married during this time for a third time <laughs> uh, to Georgiana Yoke while he was still married to the other two, and none of them at this time knew about each other. Oh, you got to be yoking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely yoking. All right, Chris, go ahead. Yeah, no, so the way that he built this thing up, we said it, it was, it was like um, – realty space at the bottom then it was a hotel and then it was the horror room but in between there was like shoots in the walls that people could go from the third floor down to the basement mm-hmm. where which was, which was like his torture chamber yeah apparently he had like one of those stretching racks that the medieval time they used to have medieval times yeah, yeah. he had two big vats down there uh one full of full of bleach the other full of, what was the other one acid. full of acid yeah um, i remember they said they found um what was it uh I can't remember if it was a furnace or, or what it was, but yeah, they said there furnace. was a pile of bodies that was it was filled with so many pieces and parts of, of bodies that they couldn't even tell you how many people were in this pile, let alone yeah. who they were or anything. Yeah. Like, oh, God, I can only imagine, like, being the first person to go down there that wasn't him. Oh, God. Or his victims. That stuff? Yeah, no kidding. <sighs> yeah, from what I understood, he also had like a, ga- I might as well call them gas chambers. Oh, yeah. And that was his biggest way Dude. to to kill people was with that, and then he would just do terrible things to their bodies pretty much. These were the two things that got me. In the building of this thing, in the, the, the in the basement, was this, it was the big glass furnace, and it was, he said it was because they were going to be bending glass, and they were going to use it yeah. as a kiln, right? And he got his furniture builder, this Warner guy, his last name is Warner, to build it. Uh, after it was done, he ends up getting the guy to write two really small amounts, these checks for whatever, and then he for- forges the checks. He puts a few extra zeros on the checks, takes it to the bank, and cashes them. H.H. <laughs> H. Holmes does. Uh, Warner's a little bit pissed about it, um, and I, I don't know if they argue or whatever the case is, but somehow he gets Warner into the kiln shuts the door and just murders him, turns it on, and to the point where he incinerates all the way down to the bone so that not even the bone was left. He let it incinerate that long. Jeez. The other part that got me to is what you guys just mentioned was the the gas chamber. Mm -hmm. So apparently what he did is he ordered a giant vault that the banks get, right, from this company that that builds these vaults, Mm -hmm. and he had them bring it to while the building was being built to one of the rooms in the the third floor, uh, and he had it installed there. And then he had uh, workers build a room around it, so it was encasing, you know, the vault except yeah. for the door. Uh, and then he refused to pay the bank. And when the banks were like, uh, "No, you need to do this. We're going to come get it," he said, "You know what? Come get it." He goes, "But if you do any damage to my house, I'm going to sue you for everything you're worth." <laughs> right. So yeah. the bank just said, "You know what? Forget it." And so then he used another, it. Yeah. Another he, thing he would do that goes along with what you're saying, Chris is all the furniture in his house, yeah. he would not pay for. Nope. And when those people would come to look for the money, Kill he would just put the furniture in one of the random rooms and they could never find it. Yeah, yeah. It was, that what was the thing. Slick motherfucker. Yeah, dude, that was one of the things about the, the floor that was full of all these crazy rooms is he made it so it was like a maze. Yeah. You could, like, the wallpaper was all the same that sometimes you couldn't even tell there was a, a break in the wall because of the wallpaper. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It was all these crazy stuff, these crazy shoots and and. And, very reminiscent of <laughs> exactly right. Very reminiscent of the uh, the Winchester place. Yeah, it's got that. Yeah, that's what it's what it reminded me of a great deal, big time. Except for this one's a little worse and for murder. Yeah, and then he uses and then the, back to the vault thing. The pre dead. 
Yeah, he ends up yep. putting that, you know, all the hoses and shit into there so that mm-hmm. the gas, and he'd gas people. And one he, of the, he did more than one room, didn't he? He, he piped it in and oh, he yeah, made sure you could seal of off the doors. Yeah. I, feel, didn't I, I thought I read somewhere that he actually even popped it in from, like, the city gas line even. Oh, at, my God. At one point. Yeah. That's insane. This guy's like. And he, had, and he would have buttons that he could press that would start all this stuff in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And he, they also said he had a room that could literally only be accessed from his closet. Like, the only way into the room was you drop down from, like, his closet or something oh into God. this room so he could put whatever he wanted in there. No one could ever get out of that. Jeez. So many creepy rooms and ideas he had. It's, like, like I said, a super genius of evil. It was insane. Yeah. So it's it's during this time that he gets the great idea. Uh, to fake his own death and to uh, get $20,000 from insurance based on his death. Uh, the um, Fortunately, the insurance company became very suspicious of this and refused to pay. And he didn't push, he didn't push it. Instead, he, he decides, well, uh, I'm just going to get Pitzel. You remember uh, Benjamin Pitzel, poor Pitzel here? Oh, yeah. He says, hey, uh, why don't we go into this together? You fake your death, and uh, then we'll we'll just like split this money. Yeah, and Pitzel's important. And, and Pitzel's not alone. He's he 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 moved right. to the city with his family. He had a wife, yeah. and a daughter, and three kids, three kids, three kids. Yeah, and that's very important to this because a lot of times he befriends people who don't have family <laughs> and don't have connections, so that when he kills them, there's no question as to what's going on. Yeah. You know, or if he does, he does away with everybody right away. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the fact that he's 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 got a friend in that he can confide in now, who's got a family. I mean, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. if I know that the people that you interact with continuously disappear and die, and you constantly have these schemes going on. I don't know how close I want to get to you, dude. I don't know how close I'm going to trust you. <laughs> yeah, we take a little bit there. Uh, he, Sorry, Brandon, go ahead. No, I was just going to say is I, I kind of picture him like, I, I kind of imagine it like, what if all the people back in the day, though, were all just really, really dumb, and he was just normal intelligence? <laughs> so he's <laughs> like, everybody was just dumb. So he's like, how about we fake, wink, wink, and he says it and does it in front of the guy, <laughs> your death. Yeah, and that guy, yeah we, think he's just, we think he's his genius, but really, it's just that everybody else was really stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then poor, poor, what's his name, Pretzel, he's just like, uh... Pretzel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, that sounds good. <laughs> sure, boss. Whatever <laughs> you say, boss. Yeah, just me old pretzel here. <laughs> I'm hungry now. So so his plan with pretzel, or pizzle, as we should call <laughs> it, uh, is that uh, Holmes is going to get a cadaver, right, to act as Pitzel's corpse. And we're going to, and Pitzel's going to pretend to be, I forgot the name, but he had a different name. Mm-hmm. And he's going to die in this mysterious explosion or something like that. But instead of doing all that, I guess Holmes decided to be much easier to just kill Pitzel instead. And apparently he knocked him unconscious with chloroform or something like that. Yeah. And, and murdered him. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, keep in mind, like Chris said, Pitzel was not there alone. He had a wife and three kids. Uh, so he starts telling the wife that uh, Pitzel had to go away. Uh, to make this work, but it, it kept saying that he'll be back at some point, right? This is the craziest uh, part to me right here. Yeah. And she falls for all this, by the way. This is the thing that really blew my mind. And I don't want to like talk ill of this woman, but it was just very strange to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only does she believe all these lies that Holmes will tell her about her husband, because she was obviously would keep asking where her husband's at, and he would just keep lying, saying he was all these different places. He would never say that he was gone or dead. And then he somehow convinces her to let... Uh, let him like have three of their kids like to stay with him yeah and didn't he say like he oh he owed me a whole bunch of money too so yeah 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 he's and like I'm, just, yeah he's like i'm gonna take the kids to him let me take the kids yeah. you stay here yeah, this by yeah, yourself this guy's dirt yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna take the kids to him and this yeah. this this right here is what blows me away because mm-hmm. she goes with it she takes uh, he takes okay that yeah, sounds good sure thing boss yeah. uh he takes the, all three. It's what two daughters, right? Two younger girls. It's two a, daughters a and, a, and a son. Yeah, young yeah. boy and two older girls, slightly older girls. Uh, and they get on a train, and now they start like the biggest cross country crisscross road trip of all time. 
The amount yeah. of I don't. It's important, dude. It's important to note that during this time, he also knows that people are kind of looking for him for all this insurance stuff he's been doing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, doesn't he uh, notice that he's wanted at one point? Yep. Yeah. 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 So he knows things are going on. So he's on. Uh, he knows yeah. he's being looked after. So he's on trains and he's going from like St. Louis to to like New York City to mm-hmm. Toronto to Pittsburgh out to Minneapolis out to you know like he's it's literally crisscrossing back and forth, not staying longer than a couple of days in each of these locations. And and what's really interesting to think about and is this is taking place in in literally Wild West era. Yeah, it's just not in that Wild West location yeah it's this is how far back that is it's it's important to realize there's a reason he doesn't get caught so easily yeah and oh it, it, it was so yeah. different then <laughs> yeah this is literally this is literally about 20 to 30 years after the civil war the american civil war yeah. so it's not too long after that yeah uh but yeah so he some for some reason this woman uh not only has never hasn't seen her husband in a while and that would make one suspicious enough i would think uh, but also, she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, you can take these these kids with you. That's a cool <laughs> idea. I trust uh, you. And it, yeah, and that was the worst mistake she ever made. And then I, man, I just, I just felt so bad for those kids because they didn't have a chance. Nope. Yeah. They didn't have a chance at all. Because uh, as soon as anybody would inconvenience him, he would take care of it, if you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah. And they were becoming an inconvenience because he needed to get a, get around quicker. Yep. And it's kind of tough to get around with three kids at your, at your uh, ankles. Yep. So in 1894, he he gets rid of his problem. And I hate to put it that way because these were children. But uh, he would he killed the son. Uh, he actually, man, I don't, I hate even talking like this, but like he chopped him up to make him fit uh, and burn in a kiln. I think it said. Yep. And then the two girls, he, uh, from what I heard, he he put them in like a a chest and then gassed the chest. Oh my god. Yeah, so it was so it was terrible, and then he tries to bury them. And the thing that sucked is during this whole time that they're traveling around on 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 the trains, mm-hmm. uh, one of the girls is writing letters nonstop to her mom every few days. Right. Is writing letters like weeks Jeez. worth of letters, and is wondering in them like, how come you're not answering me back? Uh, and it comes out later after he's caught that he kept all the letters, like he had all of them, and they ended up being read in court, and the mother had Jeez. to hear them. Yeah, sick. yeah, it's terrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's oh man. I just everything I, I learn about this man just makes me just and the, just think he's just complete trash. Well, there was a quote that you were saying. There's a lot of quotes attributed to him. There's one that he has that it just fits because of everything he did. You know what I mean? The the whole yeah. I'll get to some yeah, of his yeah. quotes here later, but yeah, uh, he. It's like I said before. It's also important to note that during this time, the reason that he's moving from place to place is he knows he's being. Uh, he's sought after for all this insurance stuff that's been going on. Yeah, and I think one of the main people that's after him actually found the poor the girl the poor girl's bodies because he's right on his tail, right on Holmes's tail. Uh, and it comes to this time where he's actually finally arrested in 1894, but he's arrested for this insurance fraud stuff. Like they don't know anything about these. Act- they can't pin any of these murders or anything on him. Yep. You know who was that's the founder? The scary part. Well, yeah. What was his name? I saw it. It was the uh, it was the Pinkerton Pinkertons. Uh, the, yeah, the Pinkertons. They got him. Yeah. If you hmm. if you know the Pinkertons, they're the investigate the private eyes. That uh, I think it was like during the during the Wild West times that they they came about. They went out looking for Billy the Kid. Um, oh, I can't remember okay. who else they went looking for. Wild Bill. Wild Bill Hickok. Yeah. Uh, they they were they were really big in the West, especially. Yeah, it was big, big the Pinkerton private I, private investigation agency or, or private detectives or whatever they oh, were. That's cool. I yeah. didn't know about that. And they ended up going after him, and they oh. caught him. They caught him in Boston, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like a perfect movie fodder. I'm surprised they haven't done something. Dude, about Pinkertons that. are are very Unless well they known. Uh, they're very well known. One of their mottos was "We never sleep." They mm. they have a logo of an eyeball, wide awake eyeball. We never <laughs> sleep. And they, and when you and if you're a criminal or you're trying to get away, uh, and you know people are looking for you, that <laughs> motto right there just has to sh- send shivers up your spine. Like we yeah. never sleep. That means like then that means I can't sleep. God damn, you know? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah, the Pinkertons, yeah. man. Yeah, they were a, they were a big deal. <laughs> That's all I had to say. Uh, so in 1895 is when he's actually put on trial for. Let's see if I can get this right. Conspiracy to defraud an insurance company. Uh, and he actually pleads guilty, so the sentence will be lighter. Uh, he knows what he's doing. His, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> now, it's it's 
during this time in jail that he kind of sets his undoing in that he strikes up this deal with this guy that he meets in jail, right? And I can't remember the guy's name. Uh, I thought I had it here, but I don't see it. But uh, there was this guy that he met there, and he said, Hey, uh, do you know of any, uh, any lawyer that would be cool being on the down low, so to say, <laughs> to help me get away with some stuff? Like, he already was saying, Hey, I'm going to do some insurance fraud when I get out of here. <laughs> and uh, who would help me with that? And if you can point me to a lawyer, I will commission you, I think it was like $500 or something like that. So, Holmes eventually gets out of jail. He never pays that guy that $500 he promised. Of course, I mean, that's, he never pays anybody anything anyway. But that's what kind of ends up biting him in the butt, or actually, because that guy gets very upset that he never sees that, that money, and goes and just tells tells them everything. Like, because uh, Holmes told him all this stuff about all the all the murders and such. Mm. And <clears throat> it's also during this time in 1895, I think you kind of mentioned this, Brandon. I don't know if it was when we were recording or not, but his murder castle, that his famous murder castle actually goes up in flames. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's burned down. Uh, a lot of people claim that it was arson. Like one of the newspapers, I think the New York Times at that time said something about uh, two people were seen going into his, his place with uh, like, like some kind of kerosene or something and then running away really quick. I don't think the whole building had burned down. I think it was the top floor. I think what I had seen was that he had set it on fire because the police were coming around. I I read, well, my, it's funny because now all of our stories are different. It's so crazy. What I heard because we all hear it from, you know, it's like, uh, like Johnny said, a lot of what we hear came from him. So, so a lot of the stories you hear may, may not be, who knows? Because from what I read, I could swear he set it on fire when he, left the place to try and get insurance and when it didn't work out yeah like the top floor or something but then it like completely burnt down like well after the fact that's why you can't oh. visit it oh now. maybe it's well after yeah because yeah. i guess the way this i saw the I, timeline I thought it was twice yeah i saw the timeline that he, i think it is twice yeah i saw that he had gotten in trouble for the insurance fraud and got mm-hmm. arrested the first time he tried to to it was his own when he tried to fake his own death or something and that's when he met that criminal and it wasn't until after he got out and then killed pitzel and and the criminal was in jail and read the story and was like, holy shit, he really did pull this off. Mm-hmm. And then he was waiting for his money and it didn't come. That's when he turned him in. And then the Pinkertons came after him and then got him in 1894 in Boston. Oh, okay. And then yeah. the thing I saw was in 1895 was when the Chicago police decided they were going to go into his hotel to mm-hmm. kind of see if they could find any of the pe- people that were missing that that these insurance fraud cases were on and that's one when they found the house of horror oh, they geez. they were not expecting what they found you imagine just the being the first guy in there walking <laughs> no. in with like a well, I was going to say flashlight lantern Dude, or whatever like, they had i don't know yeah but like yeah, it would have to be like a lantern, but going through this creepy murder castle, finding remains all over. And... They said some of the cops were just got lost in that maze of a, of a floor where they were just like literally walking around and calling out to each other because they couldn't yeah. find each other for hours. Jeez. You would think they would do yeah. like markings on the wall or something to find their uh, way. Well, I don't think you're not, you're not expecting that. You know, mm. you're expecting uh, uh, this will end up and I'll be back in the same hallway. And all of a sudden <laughs> you're not, you know, you're in a closet and then you're in another room. In and a then, safe. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it was, there, it was during this time also when he was actually put on trial for the murder of Benjamin Pitzel. And that's when you would get all these confessions that we kind of alluded to before. He confessed to, I think he's one at 27. Mm-hmm. I think he said he, he killed 27 people and tried to kill six others. But, of course, like I said earlier, they can only verify about nine of those. Uh, his quote, he's got a really famous quote. I'm trying to pull it up here. Here it is. And this is his quote now. And now keep in mind, like we said before, this man was all about lying and and illusion about himself, I think. he, I think he saw himself as this amazingly smart, cunning person, but mm-hmm. uh, he goes, uh, I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my 
sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world, and he has been with me since. He never once apologized to anybody, saying that's just who he was. No. He was, a, he was much, dude. I want to... Uh, it's crazy, but you can look on, on... You can find it, his confession in his own mm-hmm. words. Uh, and he does. He kind of... He's, he's very... Uh, you can tell he's intelligent, and he's very articulate. The way he writes is is very – he's literate. It sounds like yeah. you're reading literature. It's a story. He's, I believe he starts it saying, you know, let me take you back to a – you know what I mean? And he kind of tells yeah. you his, his, own, his yeah, own story through his own words. It's very cold and calculated, and you could tell in his mind it's a – you know, some beautiful tale that happened to he him. He didn't care. Dude, he put, he was like the original Craigslist killer. He was putting out the ads in the paper, getting these women to yeah. come work for him or come to see him and then murdering him. One of them, uh, did you guys see one of her name? that one of them was, uh, names was Minnie Williams? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of these women that he got to come out and work for him. But then uh, the sister thought that there was something going on, right? And knew that she didn't trust him and that she, yeah. she wanted to go and stop her sister from, from going to work for him. Uh, so apparently she came out on a train and H.A. said, I'll go pick your sister up for you. He took her to the gas room, put her in there, and he said he, he, he did something like he, he made sure it was extra slow so she died slower, a more oh, painful geez. death. And they said that when the cops got there in 1895 and they opened that room, mm-hmm. Whatever chemicals he used for that that gas or whatever, uh, because it had taken so long to kill her, she had been trying to kick the door of the of the vault open, mm-hmm. and she had melted the bottom of her footprint to the door, like it was literally a print of her foot stuck to the door. Jeez. Like this guy did, he was he was just a monster. He was a monster, dude. Man. A monster. Those little kids. I saw like when he killed the the boy. He took the remains and like shoved them into a, a, a chimney of a house in like any Indiana or something like that. Uh, and then the daughters, he he killed them and buried them in a yard in another house somewhere else in you know a different part of the country. Like, uh-huh. and then when he goes to trial and the the mother is brought to the courtroom and and you know basically told first while he's arrested they're questioning him like you know where are these kids because they hadn't found them yet. Where are the kids? Where are the kids? And he was like for two straight weeks telling them all kinds of crazy stories. They're here. They're there. They're here. And after a while, they realized, oh, this dude's just messing with us. Like he's lying. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Uh, Then they finally found the bodies and stuff. So it's it's just insane. It's insane. This this whole story and and this guy is just a he's a literal monster. Like for real, a monster. Mm -hmm. When he when he has a quote like that, uh, I was born with the devil in me. Yeah, you were. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, that was probably the most honest he'd ever been. Yeah. And now we know the kind of guy he was. Like he was totally into the whole money thing. But knowing that, that 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 mentality, for me it almost feels like it was also about notoriety. He knew at some point his name was gonna be huge for all this stuff. And I think mm-hmm. it was because of the Ripper. He saw the and do you think that there was a sort of jealousy there that he kinda it kind of overwhelmed that like an overdrive, put him in overdrive the way he killed people? Why well, he- I know a lot of people who, like, have connected, you know, because he's widely considered, like, the first serial killer in America. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's how serial killers really got the ball rolling is they just hear these things that happen and then they try and outdo each other. Like, can I kill more people? It's like a creepy, you know, uh, copycat type yeah, game. Yeah. So, I mean... A lot of people think that maybe he got some inspiration from that, but killers in general like to look at the other work of killers. That's that's sort of a, an established thing. Word. So. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> word, man, just word. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I think at the very least he knew of it. I mean, that was a pretty... That was probably one of the first things that really became a global thing about serial killers was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. And that's what kind of almost coined the term if I'm thinking right. But the thing is and, it feels like Jack J- the Ripper himself really maybe thrived on the fact that he left these bodies dismembered and played with the police whereas H.H. Holmes oh, yeah. didn't want you to find his bodies. He was selling mm. the skeletons to science. Like like literally there were medical schools all around the country that had articulated skeletons that came from H.H. Holmes and now we know they yeah. were like innocent murder. people. Like how yeah. many of these still exist in in like Ivy League schools or in the dusty closets of some high school that yeah. you know has been around for a couple of hundred years now? Like that skeleton 
maybe not from H.H. H. Holmes, but like we said, the beginning of uh, of the medicine, it was like dark, dude. Like yeah. they, they killed people just to get these skeletons. That could be hanging in a closet at your local high school, <laughs> the basement. Yeah. yeah, Holmes did all kinds of, kinds of things, but it was almost always either for the notoriety, like you were saying, but also just for financial gain. I mean, he would trick people out of all kinds of property even. At one point, he tricked this woman into selling a deed to her property in Texas. And the things he was able to convince people to do is incredible. It really is. Like, he he got all the property that he had, he pretty much swindled people out of. Uh, He convinced women to just give them their kids. (laughs) I mean, this is insane. This this is insane. But uh, in 1896 is when he actually was hung for his crimes. Uh, one of the things that I saw, and in a way, it was kind of fitting, really, was that he didn't die instantly. You know, that's one of the things with hanging, and why they don't really do it in most places in America anymore. Not reliable. Uh, is because is because well, it's because your neck doesn't always actually snap. Oh God! When you fall through, and you can actually just uh, suffocate to death, and that's a much slower, painful way to go, and less humane, I guess, is the best way to put it. Mm. And he apparently, from what I've I've saw this from a couple of sources, his neck didn't snap when he went down. Jeez. And he actually took him over 15 to 20 minutes to actually die. I mean, poetic justice or... Yeah, yeah. it couldn't have happened then, to a but then, guy. Yeah. But, then he, but then he had the... Well, it actually makes sense. But then he had the gall to request that he be buried in concrete with like concrete over top of him and 10 feet into the ground so people wouldn't dig him up and dissect his body. <laughs> he wanted the one thing that he did to all of his victims to never happen to him. He didn't want anyone to get his body, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and like I mentioned before, it's he is linked to a lot of other things that happen. Like Jack the Ripper is one of the more recent ones. Mm -hmm. I think History Channel had a whole thing where they they kind of looked into that, but it was found out to not be true because he was still buried where they said he was buried underneath his concrete and all this stuff. That was definitely still him. So crazy. uh, Couldn't have been him. But yeah, and also I didn't think it would be him just because the Ripper seemed to be uh, have different motivations than than uh, Holmes ever did. Holmes is way more for personal gain than anything else, really. It's crazy. Yeah, he seemed yeah. he seemed far more into twisting other people to his whims. Yeah, life and yeah. death, taking their money, taking their stuff, lying to them. He was he was seemed very manipulative. While while Ripper seemed like he wanted to put these deaths on display. It yeah. was more about showing right. people what he was going to do. And this guy was just more or less, what can I do? Let's see what I can get away with. Yeah, because he didn't want people. people to see. He didn't want yeah, to he never did anything display. up and, yeah, he didn't put it in front of people. Though so. he was very open with a lot of people in his lives as to what I do. Hey, by the way, I swindle people. Want to get in on this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he really, I guess he, I guess it's one positive thing. <laughs> It's I guess you could uh, you could almost make the argument that maybe he wasn't lying maybe he really was like a demon in in human form to think of just how easily he convinced people to do things like they never should have done not at all and he was so slick about everything and he obviously cared not even the slightest for any life you know, beside no. his own, and he says it in his own writings. Like that, like, that, that when describes he killed, the devil. He's all dapper and yeah, when talks he killed people, slick. he had no problem doing it. He had no feeling toward it. I think there mm-hmm. was two different times in his life, or maybe one, that he said that when he did kill, he did feel remorse. Like that Teitzel guy, he actually had been friends with him. They'd been friends for years, pulling scams, but but mm-hmm. they were close. They had ended up being very close friends. And when he said that when he did kill him, he did feel something for that. Uh, and I think there was one woman that he killed that he said he felt something for because he loved her. Uh, you know what I mean? But other yeah. than that, he said nothing, zero. And it, he attributes it to a few things. He says, you know, when he was a child and forced in, in a closet with one of the medical cadavers mm-hmm. or, or the, the skeleton things, you know, that thing. Uh, and he also talked about like when he was arrested once right before he was let out um, from his window, he could see where there was somebody that was being hung that day, and he could see mm-hmm. the crowd cheering and, and watching this guy like hang and like watching the guy basically in the death throes, the death dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and he told himself like, I I do not ever want that. Uh, so there was he says, but but overall mm-hmm. he could care less about the fact that the guy was dead. He didn't feel anything. So he he attributes to this non feeling uh, almost as if it's like it's natural to him. It's like it's it's yeah. it, he's been having it since he the beginning. And you would believe that for somebody that says I've had the devil in me. 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I I can I get the feeling that the first person he told that to was like, "Yup, I believe it." Yeah, yeah. this guy is literally uh, the devil incarnate. Like he's on the earth right now in this guy's body because the amount of things that he did and the fact that he was never straight about it. You never have any idea how many people really died at his hands. That's terrifying. Yeah, and you never will. Like, I don't think there'll ever be a, a, a definite number. No. I don't think so either, no. no. And it's so uh, it's amazing to think, too, that this guy got away with almost everything, too, simply because of the time he lived in. Yeah. There was no forensics. There yeah. was no... Yeah. There were basically no detectives. Like Dude, you said, the, that was the only people actually doing what, something. This was before <laughs> fingerprints. So they were saying that the way they would mm-hmm. identify people back then was by measurements. It was the size of your head, the size of your arms, the size of your ring finger on your left hand, like your, your left foot. But mm. all of these sizes would be specific for you maybe because – you you know you and I might be the same height, but we'd have different length arms or different like. So would they yeah. have all these as one? That's your profile. That's you. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. That's low tech stuff. Yeah one, yeah. yeah. one of the things that I saw, and I don't I don't know. I only saw it on one source though. Was that one of the one of the people that he murdered? He actually removed their foot because they had a definitive like a thing you could define uh, yeah. identify them with because of their foot they had like a club foot or something yeah so that's the reason that he took their foot off was just because of that yep it's He's insane smart. and yeah. it was a time where like you just walked around and said this is my name and they believe you oh okay mm-hmm. you're so and so you know what i mean yeah. you don't People have to show ID, even had nothing. photographs yeah no i, I was watching like a biography about him and it was amazing just how few people they had a photo of most of them were drawings yeah etchings. you still had etchings of people as their identification <laughs> yeah that's how yeah. but that's the thing i just think he was way too smart for his era yeah. because if he he had tried it today half of what he's tries you know it wouldn't work there who knows maybe his stuff. brain though would have been able to figure out let me how to get around all this stuff you know what i mean that'd be it's, that's a terrifying terrifying thought it is dude he's uh <laughs> i think i think it'd be a lot tougher for him to do all those insurance scams just because yeah the insurance companies are way more uh, tougher to get things over now just because they've been... Because of him. <laughs> yeah, they've been swindled way too many because times. Because of H.H. Holmes, man. He'd be yeah. doing like eBay scams or something. Yeah. <laughs> He'd be a scalper. <laughs> nice. I'd be trying to sell that, that mini SNES for like hundreds of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then scalping you at the same time. Yeah. Tickets to my murder <laughs> hotel. I mean, regular hotel. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say. When uh, after, the, uh, after he became that famous and stuff, mm-hmm. the guy who bought his murder castle after that had planned on turning it into some yes. sort of... Uh, some sort of a like a tourist touristy type thing where people could come in and see everything. Oh my god! And then they caught on fire again, and that was kind of ruined. Can you imagine if that was the case, though? Would you? I mean, I don't know about. I that. I was disappointed to hear that because I was honestly thinking I would love to spend the night there. I would do it. <laughs> I would sleep there. I it would w- like to check it out in and look the at all gas the rooms. chamber. Sure, sleep in the gas chamber, dude. <laughs> I couldn't do that. I couldn't do it anywhere. I knew somebody had been oh, terribly murdered. God, that would be so creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Dude. I'm just not. I don't know if that says way too much about my personality, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like one of those people that it would be creeped out about like ghosts or, or the idea of it or, or would my mind run away with me? Like, I think I could do it. I'd like to sleep there and see if, you know, I freak out at all. <laughs> <laughs> There's a there's a place here near me, like in the in Morganton, which is the which is the city that I live really near. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I can't remember the woman's name, but back in the 1800s, this 17 year old uh, girl was arrested because she chopped up her husband with an axe, and like the area where they think she's buried, they don't have a, de- a definite spot because. Uh, she had committed this crime and they actually hung her. I think if I'm thinking right, she's the first woman Silver. executed in my area. Yeah. We, we Silver, talked yes, about yes. her on history creeps. Right. Yes. Yes. Oh. So, uh, so I really wanted to just for like, just cause I love history so much, even this weird macabre stuff. I really wanted to find the place where she was buried, but they don't have, they have a place they think she was, Mm-hmm. But they don't have like a like a definite. They can't say for definite just because of how old and long ago. And back then, they didn't really want to mark a criminal's, you know, yeah, uh, <laughs> marker there. But 
Yeah, so I know I kind of know what you're saying, Brandon. In a weird way, I get it. I think if it was still up, I would want to. I would want to go check it out. I don't think I could sleep there though. <laughs> I'd stand across the street and look at it. Maybe I'd like. Yeah. To, I mean, I'd go on. I think I'd go. Uh, I'd go on a tour type because I'd like to see how yeah. crazy the thing I'd was spend built. The night. And I wonder if anyone's ever tried to recreate from the the floor plans. You know the crazy oh, second floor because they they still exist. You can like mm-hmm. look them up yeah, and see what they look them. like. Uh, it'd be interesting. It'd be crazy. I'd have to look that up. Bill Gates goes and builds one. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he's an, he he's one of those where if he wasn't that monster, he was so smart he could have done so much good. But he did that instead. Good old mm-hmm. Herman Mudgett. Good old Herman Mudgett. Yep, that's how we should know him, not by H. H. Holmes. H. H. Holmes sounds too cool, too romantic. Yeah, it really does. So it's yeah, Herman Mudgett. Herman Mudget. <laughs> I want to say Mudget. There <laughs> you go. Herman Mudget. And see, I thought uh, the other Triple H buried a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. <Sing. laughs> and on that note. I've been waiting to say that joke all show. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> so- I was afraid to make a pro wrestling reference on this show. <laughs> I'm a guest. I can do what I want. <laughs> there I you do go. what I want. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there you go, Creepers. There's our roundtable episode of H.H. Holmes, the horror house that is uh, that of H.H. Holmes, mm-hmm. the very first Creeper Club Patreon poll pick. That's right. And if you want to be able to be on the next pick, to be able to choose, uh, go to Patreon and look up History Creeps, and you'll see it there. Uh, join. There's different tiers. Yep. We already got a, we already got some awesome people who are supporting the show, and we very much appreciate it. Yep. And, Chris, I do believe the first audio that you can get from being in a Creeper Club is available now through that, right? Sure is. So, real quick, we're not going to keep trying to sell it to you guys, but there's three tiers. The first tier gives you a shout-out as a co-producer of the show and a mm-hmm. Creeper Club member card. Uh, the second executive level gets you extra audio. So, you'll get, uh, you'll get special little episodes and little vignettes that Johnny, I, Carter solo or all three of us will record and make available to you twice a month uh, as a board member you get all of that but you also get to vote on the the, the roundtable episodes that we're going to do nice. and you will get extra audio in terms of you get outtakes from the roundtable episode so if you're a board <laughs> member you will get uh, access to the outtakes from this episode uh, so just just for it's you ma- it's mainly just me pronouncing words incorrectly and he was singing we had Johnny singing <laughs> and as well. singing yeah uh, so singing that, Eve 6 that's how old I am <laughs> <laughs> so that was pretty awesome but uh, yeah. we're, we're at the part of the show now where we're closing it up. So what we did promise, though, is if you gave uh, the, the first level, you just became a, a Creeper Club member, uh, you got a shout-out as a thank you uh, as for being a co-producer of the show. So I'm going to do the shout-out now, if you don't mind, Johnny. I'm going to read these people off. Uh, here we go. This is in order of – I would say this is in order of membership. These are who came aboard. And oh, chronological. So here we go. Uh, first, we want to shout-out and thank as co-producer of History Creeps, Timothy the Terror McGowan. Also, there's Michael, the mysterious Thompson, (laughs) Daniel, the deranged Chavez, Andrew, the alien Coed, Mike, the macabre Vito, and lastly, thank you, Samantha, the spine-chilling Cunningham. We want to thank our creepers uh, for supporting the show. Uh, You guys are considered co-producers of the show. And uh, for those of you who are higher than that, we're hoping you're enjoying the audio and the voting uh, that's coming your way as well. And if you are higher than that, then that you probably are enjoying anything. So, <laughs> uh, that's probably a good thing. And just so people know, just so you uh, give a little taste, if if you join now and you're able to get that awesome uh, exclusive audio that you will only hear through that, uh, Chris and I, for the, for the very first thing, uh, gave our top three aliens. Woo! Yeah. And we're not going to tell you what they were. You have to go and listen. Yeah. So you have to... You have to support us to get it. Yeah, the special audio will be fun things. Like the first one was a fun one. We yeah. just did a list show. Uh, we'll do stuff where we maybe do readings, where we do just little focuses on maybe a, sp- a small person, uh, uh, you know, s- specific thing in history or mm-hmm. whatever the case is. We're just gonna have a lot of fun and, and make sure we can provide quality content in that respect. Very yeah. cool. So stay tuned for the biography of Jalil White. Boom. <laughs> so, alrighty, uh, yeah. guys. Well, from uh, Urkel to Sonic. 
Jack White. The life of Jaleel White. White. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to say or put out there? Anything you guys are working on you want the people to know about? I mean, uh, Johnny, you got retro and all that stuff. No, we're not doing that anymore. I'm not going to do that. Right, Just go look me up. You'll find my stuff. Find, our, find us on the network, BICBP-radio.com. Yeah. Also become a Patreon, patreon.com uh, slash history creeps. Brandon, thanks for being on the show. Mm-hmm. You can catch Brandon uh, interacting with myself and Johnny uh, in a more humorous, humorous uh or less humorous, maybe. Depends, right? <laughs> I think I, we laugh yeah. so much more on that show, though. Uh, Abnormal Times, check it out. Other than that, uh, it was a good show. Thanks so much for listening. Brandon, Brandon Fuller, thanks so much for joining us. For Johnny Townsend, this is Chris Chavez. Thanks so much, guys. Stay creepy.